Hey everybody, it's Jeff Antoniak. Welcome to Digging Deeper Jazz. Well, today I want to show you a lesson that I got from Charlie Parker. A lot of people don't know this. I studied with Charlie Parker. Um, yeah, well, everybody studied with Charlie Parker, right? No, I did not sit in the same room with Charlie Parker and take lessons. There was this time-space continuum thing that did not allow for that to happen. But I tell you what, we can study with our heroes at a pretty deep level. Now, what I'm talking about is if you look at some Charlie Parker solos, there's a great book called The Charlie Parker Omnibook. In the early 80s, when I was learning how to play jazz, I had it. I still have a copy over there. It looks terrible. <laughs> it looks like an old religious relic. Uh, I used it so much. Now, in that are a whole pile of Charlie Parker's transcriptions. Now, if you flip through the pages of that, you will see things recurring over and over again. That tells you that Charlie Parker valued this idea, this shape, this lick, this whatever. That is something that he practiced a lot or that came out subconsciously, kind of doesn't matter. That was a Charlie Parker-ism, right? Your favorite actors, your favorite writers, your favorite comedians have these things that they do over and over again. It's not a bad thing. That is who they are. There are comedians that just do political stuff, right? and you are attracted or not attracted because of that. Okay, so um, you can study with Charlie Parker without speaking to Charlie Parker. Now, here is one of those examples. On the sheet, you can see, this is all we're talking about today, is a chromatic approach to a seventh chord. So in item number one, a chromatic approach to a minor seven. Now that is a really classic bebop sound. If Charlie Parker played it, everybody else did, right? So this idea of, first of all, and, and so a, a very flashy, aggressive, uh, fanfare sort of arpeggio up. So we hear that a lot, and then very often a scale coming down, but we're not gonna get into that today. So this idea of the arpeggio, chord tones. So now, speaking of things that recur, if you've heard any of my Digging Deeper videos, if you've studied with me, if you happen to be at Maryland Summer Jazz over the last two weeks, you heard about chord tones from me. Yeah, that's a thing that Jeff values. Well, where did I get that from? Charlie Parker, he values that too. So this arpeggio, and then this nice chromatic approach, this very often wrong note that starts the lick. A chromatic approach, a tension note. So when you look at the example on the sheet, we see a D minor seven arpeggio, D, F, A, C, but what comes first? A C sharp. We could argue that's a wrong note in D minor seven. We want that. We want that tension. So that's the sound of this thing. Okay, and now what I did um, for the rest of the line one, I did a chromatic approach to different places on the arpeggio. So the first one is a chromatic approach to the root. We see Charlie Parker do that a ton. We also see him do a chromatic approach to the third. So now his arpeggio sort of moves up a bit. So now it's a chromatic approach, third, five, seven, nine. We hear Bird doing that plenty. In the next measure, we see a chromatic approach to the fifth. So now the arpe arpeggio is five, seven, nine, up to the 11. We see that some. We definitely see the first measure or two more often, 
But we do see the third measure, and we see him do the fourth measure, a chromatic approach to the seventh. And now he's, the arpeggio is now 7, 9, 11, 13. We see him do that, definitely. So what I think is he loves that shape. And wherever it falls in the chord is kind of okay with him. Um, although very often it was approaching the root and the third. So now item number one isn't something that you would play all in a row. It'd be an interesting, cool thing to do. That's not how Charlie Parker played it. Those are four different examples. So the question is always, what do I do now? That's where I want these videos to be different than a lot of other videos. To show you a cool lick, a splashy lick, or a simple lick like this, all well and good. But until you know what to do with it, that's kind of useless information, right? So what I want you to do with it is use it in context. So now we would think, we would ask ourselves in Charlie Parker land, where do we see a minor chord very often? Well, very often in a two, five, one progression. So what about if we make this a two, five, one progression? D minor, G7, C major, C major. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna loop that and use just item number one. Like already, this first line, item number one and those four different versions, that's eight or 10 months of work, if you want to be honest with yourself, to get that down at good tempos, playing the instrument well, whatever your instrument is, this isn't just saxophone stuff, to get that down, playing it well, 12 keys, if that's your goal, this could be a lot of work. So frankly, if all you do with this video is play item one, measure one, that would be huge. I'm gonna go as far as to say as don't like <laughs> play the other stuff. For almost all of us, Item one, measure one, that's the assignment. So let me do this. I'm gonna loop a two, five, one, one progression. And what am I gonna do? In the first measure, I'm gonna play what bird played. And then I'll improvise over the next three measures. I'm gonna loop it back, play what bird played, and then I'm gonna play other stuff. Play what bird played, and uh, do that eight or 10,000 times. And uh, you'll get it under your fingers and into your ears. I'm not gonna play it eight or 10,000 times right now. The video's not gonna be that long. is not only a great lick, a great shape that Charlie Parker brought into all the bebop community and everybody since that we all have to learn, but a great way to practice stuff. Really, really dig a deeper hole. That is why we're called digging deeper here, right? So even though you have 12 measures of material here, and we're gonna go through the rest of it kind of quickly, even though you have those 12 measures, I want you to pick one and really get some ownership with that. And now I wanna talk about Jazzwire just for a second, only because I'm really excited about what's been going on in the three communities there. If you're not familiar with Jazzwire, I really want you to check it out. If you're going to the effort of checking out jazz videos like this, if you've sat through this thing this long, you are a serious student and you wanna understand this better. Understanding is great, but you wanna be playing better. I mean, if you're just interested in expanding your mind, this is good, go no further. 
If you want to play your instrument better, this is not going to do it. And I promise you, the next video is not going to do it either. It's not an information shortage you have. It's a problem with how do we fit this stuff into our playing? Where do we get the energy to do it again tomorrow and the day after and the day after? Where do we get the support? So that is what Jazzwire is all about. Yes, there's all sorts of great information there, but the three communities that you get to work inside. So I really want you to check it out. Go to Jazzwire, and if you use the code DIGGINGSPRING, you'll get 50 bucks off your registration fee. So I want you to be there. It's a subscription website. Yes, it costs money, but if you want to get serious about this, that's the way to go. And it's not going to break the bank. It's not that kind of money. So I really want to see you at Jazzwire. We had, I think, uh, eight or 10 people sign up last week and they are already blasting away inside. So I want you to be one of those people. Okay. Um, so here's what I'm going to do now. I'm going to go on to item number two on the sheet. And what you see is I'm using the same reasoning as Charlie Parker did with a dominant chord now, a chromatic approach to a dominant seven. Chromatic approach, then one, three, five, flat seven. And again, the chromatic approach note is very often a quote unquote wrong note. It doesn't belong in the chord. We want that. We want that tension release. And so the first one is this. Measure two now approaches the third, three, five, seven, nine. We see Charlie Parker doing this. And the next two items, he's approaching the fifth and then approaching the seventh. And now we do see those. It's not as common. He very often approaches the root, approaches the third. But we can just sort of take that idea a little further and see how it sounds, see if we like it. But the bottom line is I've seen Charlie Parker do every one of these variations. He's thinking about the shape, I think, much more than he's thinking about which exact note. So this shape is what I want you to get to be playing. So now if I do that example of looping, now if I have my two, five, one, one progression, but now what I'm gonna do is improvise over the two chord because I'm doing a different exercise now. And now I'm gonna do the first measure of item two. I'm just gonna do the chromatic approach to the root and improvise first measure, play that lick exactly there on the five chord in the second measure and then improvise, improvise. So I'm now focusing on the five of that shape that time in the second measure of the loop that I was doing. It should sound very familiar to you. And this may be sort of, you know, kicking around in the back of your mind, conscious, subconscious, whatever it is. This shouldn't sound like a weird lick, but my question is, is this something you have under your fingers? If so, do you have it under your fingers in one key over one chord, or is it a little bit more? This is such a ubiquitous part of bebop that I would argue you need to be pretty fluid with this shape if that's, you know, a style you want to get to. If you're pushing yourself to get to that level, 
This is something you need to be working on. And of course, in Jazzwire, we dig in further, like when do we use it, how do we use it, and then I give assignments and people do this, they post. That's one of the big things about Jazzwire, another tangent, is that every week we have about five, sometimes 600 posts in Jazzwire where people will put up little recordings of themselves playing. Hey, here's 20 seconds of me playing. Did I get this right? How's my articulation? How was the tone? Did I start the way you wanted me to? Did I accent that note correctly? That's the kind of stuff we're doing. That is how you get better. Okay, the last bit on the page, as we see, Charlie Parker would also approach a major seven chord, half-step approach to a major seven chord. So again, the four measures that we see inside item number three, the first measure, he's approaching the root, B to C. In the second measure, we see him approaching the third, D sharp E. Yeah, over C major seven chord, he's playing a D sharp. It's a great tension going to the E chord. In the third measure, we see F sharp G. And yes, he's arpeggiating up higher into the chord, G, B, D, F. We see Charlie Parker do that. And then the fourth item, he's approaching the seventh. And so we see that less often because the chord tones that he's going up are elevenths and thirteenths and things like that. But now here's the thing that you'll notice is the, the shape starts repeating itself. There are some of the D minor notes that are actually the exact same as G7 notes, or C7 notes are the same. So when you start getting this language in your ear, under your fingers, it starts coming out naturally. Uh, we have to, like with most language, we have to force it in. When you want to learn a new word, when you want to memorize a new turn of phrase, you got to force it. It's typically not natural right out of the gate. That is the practice I'm suggesting we do here. So uh, I think you get the idea with what to do with this shape. And take a bebop transcription, anybody in that era, post-bop included, and look at it, listen to it, and see if this isn't something you hear a ton. The answer, I'm pretty confident, is hell yeah, you're going to see this a ton. So um, get this going. And as I said, for almost every person out there, measure one, item one is where to start. Or if you prefer, item one of number three, let's say, measure one. But that's where to go. And get it into your playing. Remember, the very first thing I did is created a little loop and started forcing it into my playing. This is really, really good stuff. And I'll be eager to hear from you in the comments of, uh, was this news to you? You know, sort of, uh, is this something you, now that I said it, it's like, well, of course I've seen this a million times. Of course I played it, but you hadn't identified it as something to work on yourself. I think for a lot of us, that's gonna be the answer, but I'm interested to hear what you have to say. And of course, dying to work with you at Jazzwire. So visit jazzwire.net and um, use that code, digging spring, save a little money, and uh, I'll work with you inside there. Thank you so much for your time, and uh, we'll see you next time. Take care.